everybody. This is Dawn Scott Damon. I am your freedom coach and you're listening to the Freedom Girls Sisterhood. Women helping women live full, fierce, and free lives. And we're committed to that. Today I'm excited to invite into the studio and on the radio program for you to receive Gretchen Dolphin. Welcome, Gretchen. Hello. Thank you. I'm very grateful to be here. I'm excited and grateful as well because I believe that you have a story that's really going to impact lives. I believe that uh, today in our conversation that it's going to be something that literally could be the catalyst for someone, some woman, a listener, getting set free and delivered from a situation that she might be in. We're going to get into that in just a moment, but first... Tell me a little bit about yourself, Gretchen. Where do you hail from and what do you do? All righty. Well, I am a very proud mama of three boys and a darling little three-year-old granddaughter, Lily, that runs our entire family. (laughs) I am an independent makeup artist, so I'm blessed to be able to empower people all the time to look and be their best selves. And yeah, that's my thing. I hang with my guys. I love some Jesus and I love to play makeup. That's wonderful. So when you're doing your makeup, I mean, I know it's a ministry for you. What do you do? Brides? Do you do women makeup as art? So I sell my craft as an artist and I do do brides, but I'm not limited to that by any means. I've done some films, some commercial. I do a lot of print work. I just really think that women look in the mirror or people and they're hard on themselves. They look for what's Mm. wrong and I pray about it. And I'm telling you that God shows me like their beauty and we begin. And it's so awesome because all kind women are beautiful and everybody feels better when they feel like they're looking great. So it's cool and it's unpredictable and it's God. That's awesome. And I know I was on a film set and we did a film here with Julian Newman was our producer and you were our makeup artist. Correct. And I didn't want to wash my face the rest of the day (laughs) because I loved my eyebrows and you had given me some lipstick that was, wouldn't come off and and I loved it. I thought, I need to go out tonight. I look I'm yeah. looking nice today. Thank we can you. make that happen too, right? Yeah. We'll do that a different night, okay. girls' night. <laughs> that sounds fun. So if somebody was listening today and they are and they would like to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Awesome. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. My website is www.gretchendolphin.com. And yeah, I'm available. But Gretchen, I would say that being able to do makeup on the outside is a beautiful art and it's a ministry, but perhaps it was also a way that you kept a smile on your face a little bit longer than what you should have. In that, I would agree, for sure. And so we're going to talk about your story in just a moment. And first, we're going to take a quick break. This is Don Scott Damon, your freedom coach. You're listening to the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. I'm sitting with Gretchen Dolphin. Beautiful. You can't see her, but maybe I'll get a picture of her and be able to post it. Beautiful redhead and stunning long red curly hair. A makeup artist, artist in her own right, and mom of three, and a woman who has a very powerful story. Gretchen, 
you thought you found the perfect person. You thought it was Mr. Wonderful. And yet you discovered that there was a secret life. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your story. Whatever you want to share. Okay, yeah, sure. So I am a single mom of three boys. And I had been alone for quite a few years and honestly was very content with that. I had, I have a phenomenal group of girlfriends and I really enjoy my kids. So I'm busy and I felt content, fulfilled on it. I'd much rather be with my girlfriends on a Friday night without the boys than try like online dating. And I have no problem with it. It just wasn't for me. So I was just not really in a position of like putting myself out there or seeking a relationship. And I was in a wedding of a good friend of mine. I was standing up with her, a Christian couple. And I met a person that was a very successful entrepreneur, um, owned a gym, personal trainer, claimed to be a strong lover of God, very handsome, very fun. And we met coincidentally at the wedding. So he was in the wedding and I was in the Perfect setup. Right. And you're looking your very best, too, when you're at a wedding. (laughs) Makeup on fleek, ladies. Makeup was on fleek. Yes. So um, he was a gentleman. We went out a couple weekends after that. He was spoken very highly of. That was what really caught my attention was the groom gave an entire speech on how he had essentially changed his life by helping him out of rehab and helping him change his habits and staying through him, staying with him through it all, and just, yeah. So so just to be clear, so the groom was saying that this man that you were dating, let's just for sake of clarity, let's just call him um, Steve. That's not his real name. But so the groom was talking about how wonderful Steve was and that Steve had helped the groom out of rehab and all those things. Correct. And so you were looking at this guy saying, wow, he's getting an incredible recommendation from this groom couple that I really admire and um, look up to. Correct. Okay. Absolutely. You've got the scene. Yes, that's exactly what happened. And um, I love to dance. Ladies, you know it. Like, so on the dance floor... I actually don't even need anyone to be joining me. I'm having so much fun. But he was cracking me up because he's a terrible dancer, which I love even more, but thought he was pretty good, so had all kinds of confidence. So we had a great time. And when he was leaving, he said, "Um, consider this. How did he say it? He said, I had so much fun with you tonight. And he said, and I know, I know when I have found something absolutely wonderful. And he said, so consider this to be the first night of you and I. And I was like, whoa, like I knew he was flirty and I had fun with him, Mm -hmm. but he was so confident and charming. And I, I, I was just like, either he is a total player or he's really good at this. You know, that was good. That was good. So I didn't know if I would hear from him or not, but I did. And um, 
the first night that he took me out, he came and, and got me and we went to a nice restaurant out on the lake shore. And he was very transparent, transparent about his testimony, transparent about having been at a point in his life, in his younger years, that he wasn't proud of, having gotten into some trouble and all the redemption that he had prior or from that and the path in life that he had chosen to take because of those choices. And so, yes, so I had a lot of fun with him. He was very kind to me, very good to my children, very interested in my children. And it took, well, he came here, right? He came here with you. And um, prayer was very important to him. Church was very important to him. Time with family was very important to him. And, yeah, I thought I had met Mr. Wright. So, yeah, you were thinking, this is from God. This is Mr. Wright. I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak, but it didn't drop. He was proving himself to be a good man. And you then felt free to open up your heart because I knew you before. And you were very content being single and Mm -hmm. you were guarded. You you didn't just let anybody waltz into your life. You didn't let anybody meet your boys. And now you feel very free to go ahead and give this guy access to your life and to meet your children. And you, you gave your heart away. So now you're in a relationship and you are an item and it's exclusive and it's progressing. And you're thinking probably this is it for the rest of my life. This Correct. is the one. Correct. Okay. So... What happened? So in addition, I also want to make sure that, because this part sometimes I feel like people are confused about. And so often it's part of why I believe women have a hard time, A, coming to their own realization, but B, explaining it to people. So also, let's say Steve was very proud of us. Okay, so there wasn't anywhere that we could go that people didn't know who I was. He, I was the profile picture with him. Everything was about the boys and I. And so I felt secure, although we didn't spend a lot of time together because I'm raising a family by myself. He's running a gym. Our schedules weren't the same. And honestly, I really covet my time alone with my boys sure so but anywhere I went any place we were any phone call any anything it was like yes yeah Gretchen and I are doing this Gretchen and I you know the boys and I this weekend this and it it was so I also felt very secure very secure he's not trying to hide you you're not something on the side correct he's not keeping his life from you as far as you know and so you're feeling also a sense of love that he's put his arms around you and the boys and he's got you've got total buy-in. Correct. You you not only gave him your heart, but it appeared that he's giving you his all. Absolutely. That's exactly how I felt. And those were the comments that his friends would make. They would say, he's never been like this. He's never been so proud. You're the one. He's finally met the one. Like... So, yeah, I felt, I did. I felt secure. I felt loved. I felt listened to. I felt pursued. I felt like a woman. And perhaps those things were true. Perhaps 
he had fallen for you and you were the one and perhaps there was a love. But if you're with someone who is hurting, if you're with someone who is wounded and potentially mentally unstable or has some baggage or some, as we say, ghosts in the closet, some secret things, they may try hard to hide that from you because they truly do have some feelings or they do care about you. So tell me where you first realized that this might not all be what you think it is. So a couple of the the very beginning signs that did make me uncomfortable is that uh, he would be jealous at times. So I grew up with all brothers. I have a lot of friends that are guys. I'm comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. I love football. I love camping. I love snowboarding. And because I have the boys, I'm at their sporting events. And I just find myself frequently connecting with guy friends. And he, there was a few times that he acted jealous and I'm not comfortable with that. That's not, it's just, Mm -hmm. and so, but he would own it. He would apologize and he would say, I've just never had feelings like this before. I don't know how to contain them. I'm feeling a little bit insecure because this is so out of my element. And to me, that made logical sense. You bought that. And that might be the lie that he was telling himself. I want to stop just for a moment. One of the Jonas brothers had a song out not too long ago saying you make me jealous or I get jealous over you. I hate that song. I hate the lyrics to that song. And if any woman listening right now thinks that it's a great quality that a man in your life has that he's jealous over you to where he'll fight someone or he'll keep you on lockdown tell you what you can wear where you can go monitoring your phone I just like to submit to you that that is the beginning or that is a demonstration of someone to to totally be on guard for jealousy is not a good quality in a man jealousy is not something that you want and it definitely isn't a sign of how somebody loves you the Bible clearly tells us in first Corinthians 13 Love is not jealous. Correct. So keep going. So it was, a well, it was honestly a solid year into the relationship when I got a phone call from another woman that said that she had spent time with him and that he wasn't being honest with me. Mm-hmm. And my heart dropped. Mm. So I, I could not. It was February 13th, the day before Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, man. And there's nothing like that phone call, that infidelity. I've been on the receiving end of something similar in my first marriage, and it is devastating. Devastating. Like, I remember hitting the floor in my closet and saying, Lord, why? Why? I didn't ask for him. I wasn't looking for him. I I was being obedient to you in that not just clinging on to anything that came along, mm-hmm. and he used you to make me believe him. And I was absolutely distraught. So Steve used God 
to make you believe that he was an honest man. I that's what that's what I okay. yes mm-hmm. correct. Yep. So, like we've talked about, I mean, he's a hand raiser during worship, mm-hmm. and you know, joining the men's group, and so yes, so. When I had spoken to him about it, he was telling me that there was partial truth to what the woman had said and that they had had a previous relationship and that he felt really bad for her because she was very broken and she was very in love with him and that in general, he what he did wrong was not completely cut off all communication, but that it was nothing the way that she was presenting it to be. So I am an absolute advocate for women and always have been. So to me, I believed her from the jump because mm-hmm. now where it got messy is she did start telling me many things that weren't true. And then she started pursuing me and acting very unhealthy. Yeah, she got obsessed over it. And this is the difficulty because, have you ever heard of the term gaslighting? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so we might talk about that. But gaslighting comes from a film back in, I believe, in the 1950s or 1960s, where the husband went about um, purpose trying to make the woman feel crazy and that she was insane and he was doing things and trying to make her believe that she was completely losing her mind. And many men who become abusive or are involved in domestic violence or mind games, emotional violence and control and abuse, use this technique, well, you're just crazy, or she's a stalker. Mm -hmm. Don't believe anything she says. She's just lost her mind. But it could be an average woman. I don't know about this girl in this situation, but I know that an average woman who believes she's in a relationship with someone can turn into a crazy mad woman because of the games and the manipulation and, and the lies and the control of a man. So... Who knows what state she was in in the beginning, but at this point, she is beginning to demonstrate to you that she's not all there. Correct. Yeah. And so, to me, because she was lying to me, because she was obsessing, because... And so often the times didn't add up or the facts wouldn't, and so I believed him. I believed him. I mean, he came and talked to you, right? Mm -hmm. He acted completely remorseful. He owned his portion in it. He had said that he had never been good at boundaries. That was something that he was just learning, which, let's be real, boundaries are a very huge obstacle in adulting. Like, it's something that isn't easy for everyone. It's something that many people struggle with. And so I had empathy for that. And, and he was so believable. He was so believable. And even the discernment of the Holy Spirit, we prayed and we said, well, God, you know, the jury was still out. We weren't sure. You want to believe the best. But, Lord, if, if, if this is not the truth, 
please reveal it. Please expose it. Don't let us go in any deeper. Don't go any deeper. God, reveal it. And in time, God did. Correct. But there was another chapter. Absolutely. And we're going to hear about that in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. This is Dawn Scott Damon, your freedom coach. Hey, if you want to get a hold of me, I'd love to hear from you. Drop by my website, dawnscottdamon.com, or my email, dawn at dawnscottdamon, or visit my blog, thefreedomgirlsisterhood.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is the Freedom Girl Sisterhood, and I have the sisterhood in the house with me today. I'm talking with Gretchen Dolphin. She's a mom. She's a makeup artist. She is an artist herself, and she's a survivor of a domestic abuse situation where there was mental control and manipulation. We're talking today about your journey and your story, and um, so tell us, You've got this phone call from a woman, you believe her, but then she starts exemplifying some crazy behavior, and so you think, well, maybe she is stalking my man, maybe he is telling me the truth, and so eventually that kind of blows over and you go back into the situation, is that right? Correct, yes. And just like most patterns, everything was great for a while, and I, I didn't feel like there was any ongoing interaction I eventually she faded away from you know the way she was trying to contact me and things seemed like they were going really well <clears throat> and he also started to really take interest in my career and so I was given an opportunity to go to a professional makeup academy which was out of my budget out of my possibilities because I'm a single mom sure. and leaving the boys and going away to study was something that wasn't conducive to my life alone. And so he was investing more with my children, with Boy Scouts, with soccer, with parent-teacher conferences. He was showing me ways that he was acting like a man that wanted to be married. And a person that believed in me. What would you say now as you look back at that? I want to hear, and the listener probably needs to learn this as well as I do, but you're looking at and talking to a man now who's making these investments. From the first side of your relationship, you would see this as someone who wants to be with you. He's hinting towards marriage. He's putting things in place. On the other side, now getting out of an abusive situation, him making investments in your children, in your home. I think he was helping you fix up your home and helping you maybe, maybe he helped you with a car or something. I don't remember mm -hmm, getting, mm -hmm. having car repairs. Now he's investing in your career. Was this methodical? Was this his attempt at getting his claws deeper and deeper in your life so he could control more or manipulate more? Or it would be harder for you to unwrap yourself from... How, how would you analyze that now? 
now that I now that I have the knowledge and education that I do, I absolutely see that even if subconsciously that was occurring, even if he wasn't so premeditated that he knew that he was doing that, that's exactly what he was doing. And that's exactly what worked because when the flare-ups would occur, when he would act like a jerk, when he would get mad and say things that were hurtful, I would go back to my logic and think, I'm not being controlled. He's encouraging me to be independent. He's encouraging me to go out on my own in this career. If he didn't love me, there's no way that he would be investing in my children the way that he is. Everybody has problems. Everybody has weaknesses. You know, what do they say? You're going to get some sort of baggage. So what baggage are you going to get? And what can you deal with and what can you not deal with? Or, you know, he didn't have a good relationship with his mother, so he struggles with that or these kinds of excuses that I now know are absolutely intolerable, unacceptable, and not even, they're not valid excuses. You are rationalizing and what we call them is rational lies. It's an amazing thing how our minds will keep us in deception and give us rationalizations for someone's poor behavior and a denial system is no joke, it'll block you from pain. And if the thought that he was lying or misrepresenting himself to you or pretending to be somebody who was not, your brain's not going to give you all that information, that hurtful information. It's, you'll, you'll block it out because it's just too traumatic, perhaps. The investment's been too great. You, you don't want it to be true. And so you can, you can go into denial and bat those things down. It's a it's a safety system. It is a safety system. And and the the problems start out subtle and so they don't seem big. And so it's little things. And with gaslighting, like a perfect example is like let's say okay, so he bought me this perfume. And then I was looking for the perfume and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I knew that I had put the perfume and it's the same spot, same place. Well, my boys had had some girls over, and so I was afraid that I had had an item stolen because it was really nice, and I felt so unsafe about that. Just nobody likes to be stolen from, but especially in your own home. And later, I would know that he would take the perfume. So he would take it. He took it and made me think I was crazy Mm. for not knowing where it was. And that would happen like with the television remote. And it would be something like, well, you're kind of scattered and all over the place. I'm sure you just put it somewhere. Would you get the perfume back? Or, or had... So n- later, way later, mm-hmm. then I saw it at his house. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. But like with the TV remote, it would, it's, so he would take things that were partial truth about me. Truth of weaknesses or areas that I needed to develop. Mm -hmm. Time management is something that I struggle with. I'm so artistic. It's really hard for me to stick with a schedule and to not get distracted. You and every other (laughs) artist I've ever met. Right. Right. (laughs) So it would be like if I had an afternoon with the girls, he wouldn't say you can't have an afternoon with the girls. He would say something like, 
I'm sure you had fun, but you know, you have so many tasks to accomplish. Like wouldn't have worked better if you would have dot, 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 dot. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't that he would ever, he was smart enough to not tell me what to do. Cause people that know me, you look at me, I'm a fiery little redhead and they're like, how did you become a victim of abuse? Mm -hmm. And this is very, very important ladies. It does not mean you're weak. It does not mean that you're unintelligent. Actually, men that abuse like this prey on intelligent women that have empathetic souls. We are already characters of empathy, but if you take people like you and I that are advocates for the underdog, then what happens is when you give your heart to someone, you're going to go to bat for them at all costs. So by the time I saw some of the some of the problems, I already was committed. I was already in love and I was already going to exhaust options to work through those. To work through it. Mm -hmm. I'm already committed here. I've already made investments. Right. I believe in him. Every human has the right to be healed and find Christ and have deliverance. Correct. So you just keep believing and believing and that's what keeps you in it longer and longer And not to mention that sometimes we don't know, women don't know, and men too, but women don't know, is it really as serious as I'm thinking? Is this fear talking? Am I being insecure? Why am I being jealous now? Right. Yes. You start questioning yourself. And so the isolation started out subtly. So I might have plans with the girls for the weekend. Or let's say Friday night, the girls and I are going to go out. We're going to go hang out at one of their houses. So instead of him saying that that's not a good idea or he didn't want me to do that, Friday morning, he would surprise me and show up with bags packed. We're going away for the weekend. I've got the kids covered. We're going to go to this game and this game. And we're going to do all these cool things that I love. So it felt exciting. So it didn't feel like I was being taken away was, from something. It wasn't punitive. It was, I've got this great adventure for us. Totally. And it's your decision. Oh, I forgot you were going to do something with the girls. Well, it's up to you. Absolute kind of thing. So let's talk about the girls just for a moment, being your girlfriends and your friends. At this point, they have to be saying something to you. Somebody's probably seeing something many times in a abusive situations, the man won't like the girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, a girl might, a friend might be onto it. They might be seeing it. They're not as a, they're not the frog in the pan with the lukewarm water now boiling. Right. They can see clearer. Were your girlfriends saying anything to you? Is anybody starting to get kind of creeped out and thinking, hey, something's not right here? So there were a couple of my girlfriends that were, having that kind of feeling towards him. But honestly, they both had gone through horrendous divorces. They had been lied to, they had been betrayed, and they had a lot of anger towards men. 
They had a very, they were always thinking the worst of anyone. And so although I trusted their heart, I didn't trust their discernment because they were at a season in their life that I didn't think they were seeing clearly. Yeah. They're not qualified. They're in their pain. They hate all men. Mm -hmm. They might even be not jealous, but you know, sour grapes a little bit. Certain things. Yes. Uh And so... So it's not that people weren't saying some things, but also on the flip, it was, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to you. My own mother was completely sold on the idea. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and to be honest, I had not been shown very healthy relationships. Okay. And I also had been divorced already. And so... I started to feel like, okay, here's, you're the common denominator, you know, it's you, Mm -hmm. you must be difficult. Let's be real. I'm not the easiest person to get along with. Right. (laughs) So I started feeling like some of it was me. Maybe if I, if If I I change, if I did better, I need to work harder on this. Yeah. Let me get, let me, let me do this. Get my body in shape. Let me get. Yes, absolutely. So. Our time is getting away from us a little bit. Um, I want you to address the ladies before our broadcast is over and give them some thoughts and advice. But tell me, how did this end or where did how did it culminate to where it's no longer gaslighting? It's blatant. You know, it's him. It's not you. The relationship is clearly abusive. Correct. Things did get physical, and gaslighting not only works in small instances, but to the point where, if you remember, I literally apologized to him. Like, I somehow was convinced, and this is so hard for people to wrap their mind around, but when it occurred, I was so upset, I was so taken back, and when we spoke about it the next day, literally... I would, I, he convinced me that I came at him and it worked and I don't, there's just no way to explain that unless you've been in it, but ladies, mind control. it's mind control and it happens. And so I have an angel out there and she grew up with him and she decided to love me so well without ever knowing me. I met her one time. She had experienced, um, she had gone through a huge transition in her life and she had gotten into a lot of trouble with him back in the day and turned her life to Jesus and she's so awesome. And she had sat back and prayed and prayed and prayed on me. And she was so awesome that she decided to reach out to me in a loving way and just say, that she she said, we all went to breakfast this morning, his friends that he grew up with, and we all are talking about that you do not know. We know that you don't know. We know that you're a good woman. We know that you're a good mom. We know that you love Jesus. Like this is all so evident in just knowing your Facebook or knowing, and we mm-hmm. do you want to know what we have to tell you? I love this woman. She literally saved my life. Wow. So she told me. Did you me, want to know? 
I at that by that time because of our discernment honestly yes. I wanted to know, wanted to know. by this time Good. I was miserable and didn't know how to get out of it I didn't have any friends anymore I was financially dependent on him I was so I didn't recognize myself I was absolutely miserable so tortured stop. yes you don't recognize yourself you're doing things you never thought you'd do you somehow allowed yourself to become financially dependent on someone. You've lost friends, so you've been isolated, and you've bought the lie that this is my fault, and if I could become a better person, if any of that sounds familiar, you might be in a relationship that is toxic and very dangerous, and you need to seek out some help. So you met with this woman, and yes. she began to tell you, what you did not know. She told me about an entire separate double life. Wow. And by that, not limited to, which I didn't even know existed, back page with 17-year-old heroin prostitutes, this man would literally go to church on Sunday. Sundays are often the days that I wanted to be alone with the boys and so we would go to church, we would get something to eat, he would drop us back off, and he would pick her up at the gas station. I, so you're not talking about when he was 17, you're saying he was with No, seven. she was 17. She's so 17. while you're dating, he's picking up 17-year-old prostitutes, and he's doing heroin? She... Or the, no, but okay. cocaine. Cocaine. Okay, oh. cocaine with a man that I trained with five times a week that ate perfectly clean almost always. Oh, wow. So there was no, and right. honestly, I've not been exposed to it very much well at all enough mm -hmm. to know like, drugs yes, mm -hmm. not to know. So they, there were drugs in my house with my children. Oh. There were multiple girlfriends. There were, he had tried to kill other women Wow. that have moved out of the state to get away from him. He had, it was, he didn't own the gym. He didn't own the house. Like things were not true. And our finances were not combined. We didn't have a joint checking account or we were dating, you know, yes, we didn't right. live together. Right. And so when I thought he was going home at night and I wouldn't be calling to check because I just don't operate that way. Yeah. He would be doing he would be doing drugs, doing women, doing everything other than what and then he would turn around and like pray with my kids at night and go help right. with Boy Scouts all at the same time. So how he could even keep all of those lies straight, how he didn't mess up times or names. I mean, he's a master. When I did finally make it to Safe Haven Ministries, they do a risk assessment. And my risk was so extreme that it didn't fit anywhere remotely. It was triple the, wow. the amount on the, on the safety plan chart. I love Safe Haven Ministries, and that was a place that you went. You sought some refuge there and some counsel, and then you ended up at the YWCA Correct. with some counsel. Yes. And you had, you had an amazing experience there as you began to become educated and then looking back and saying, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. your life was hanging in the balance. My life was hanging in the balance. And ladies, I have been in therapy on and off. I have an amazing life coach. Therapy is wonderful. 
but I'm telling you, it is completely different when you are with people that are educated and trained exactly in this, because it is, it is specific and they have to be specifically trained because the day that I entered the YWCA, I went first that day. I knew things were going to get that I knew that they were going to help me just by the way I finally felt understood. Yes. I hated it. I was mortified. I walked in and I'll never forget that I saw the diploma of the woman that was counseling me. She was the intervention specialist and I had, we went to school together. I have the same degree. We studied oh, the same program uh-huh. and I looked at her and I said, I should be you. I don't know how I became me. There's a lot of shame, wasn't there? So much shame. I'm educated. My father loved me well. I have a wonderful family. I have wonderful friends. I feel good about myself. You were no victim. You no. were not the profile of someone who was radiating this victim mentality. You're a strong woman. You were you were a trophy. You were spotted. You were groomed in some way, and you were claimed, and you just got into the snare did you have to get a restraining order? Did it get, did he just go away or oh, no. did it take a long time to make, break? And so sever? this is the part of the story that I don't love sharing because I think people have such hope that this will just dissipate, but I still have, he might not ever leave me alone. What is different is who I am and how I've responded to it. Cause those programs that are set in place are helpful Restraining orders are helpful, but it didn't work. Jail helpful didn't work. So when somebody wants to try and control you, they might, you know, I it doesn't work anymore. That's so powerful. I'm really taking that in. So he's the same. He's trying the same tricks. He's doing the same thing. And I pray that the law gets involved and that you you are set free and safe from that. But it started, I'm hearing you say, it started by me changing. I had to see the pattern. I had to empower myself. I had to recognize the game. I had to become brave and courageous and discerning. And you you, you are, and you teach about this now. And, and you shared at our Freedom Girl conference this last fall and did such an amazing job talking about that. And I'm sure you'd be willing to go to other women's groups and talk about that. There's much more that we could say. Um, But you changed, you learned. And so the system can't always protect you. You have to empower yourself, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And ladies, when God and I did talk about this over and over and over, I will tell you that I heard his voice so crystal clear. And I was like, why, Lord, why, why, why? And I was so frustrated. And he so gently whispered to me, this was not my plan or my choice for you, honey, but I will use your pain to heal many. And that is why I am absolutely avid about sharing my story about letting you know that you're worth it and you're loved and that it can change and you can become free of this and that it's okay to be transparent. It's okay to be honest. And you just, you you can do this. You really can because 
You just need the right people around you. You need the right system. You need the right tools. And one by slowly, this has taken a long time. Yeah. You know, it's taken a really long time. You didn't get that deep overnight. You didn't get out of it overnight. You're walking it out and you'll continue to walk it out as you said. Well, and I think one point also we said is like, sometimes you miss the monster. Like you're addicted to this yeah, in some kind person. of way. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there's so like, you, you feel crazy. You really do. And it's all part of the brainwashing. It's all part of the manipulation. And as you heal, you can see things so clearly. And now I can see it a mile away, mm -hmm. you know, and unfortunately I see it. One in three ladies, look at your friends. One in three ladies are experiencing this and it's really hard to talk about. And, and it's still a social. So the reason I was at both the Y and Safe Haven is because there's honestly only two meetings a week for support in this so mm. that there is not enough available access we still need to work on that we've it's come a long way but we have a long hush, way to hush, go it's still it? hush hush well this has been an amazing time with you Gretchen I'd like you to come back we have to talk about part two because the reality is, is that relapse is a part of recovery and there was a time where you went back correct and I want to hear more about that in the meantime, I pray that everyone listening, that you have found some value from this. I'd love for you to drop me a line at dawn at dawnscottdamon.com or the Freedom Girls Sisterhood. We want you to live a full, fierce, and free life. Gretchen, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. And um, you stay free, girl. You got it. Never again. Never baby. again. No mo, no mo. No. <laughs> All right. This is your freedom coach saying it's freedom time.